Good evening, friends. Please enjoy him. 505. There is a man in the glory. of this hymn is on the last line. His life in the glory 
Yet he lived out in me. Not Amen. only live in me, but live out in me. Amen. There's a man in the glory whose life is for me. His Amen. peace is abiding. How patient is he? He's joyful Amen. and radiant, expecting to see. Amen. 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 There's a man. There is Amen. a man in the glory. Amen. Amen. Life is for me. Amen. Amen. Peace is abiding. How patient is he? Amen. 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 Joyful and ready. Amen. Expecting to see. Amen. That's a man in the glory. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. His life in the glory lived out in me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a man in the glory. Oh, his life is for us. Oh, this man, he overcame Satan. Oh, this man from bondage, he is free. Right is reigning. In life, he is reigning. Oh, how kingly is he? Oh, his life in the glory. Our lives must be. His life in the glory. Our life must be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. His life in the glory. Yes. Amen. His life Amen. in the glory. Amen. 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 He's joyful and radiant, expecting yes. to see his life in Amen. the glory. Yes. In me, yes. in us, in the glory. Amen. In me. Amen. 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 Hallelujah for this life. Amen. No sickness, no weakness has he. He's strong Amen. and in vigor. Oh Amen. boy. Amen. 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 Tonight we would like to read some scriptures here tonight. We will cover from Second Corinthians three twelve to four eighteen. Okay. Let's get into these verses, and eighteen will divide us into groups. Let's enjoy the verses. Amen. Praise the Lord! I hope all of you saints can hear me properly. Um, yes. Okay. Excellent. So uh, we're we're back in Second Corinthians again. And uh, in order for all of our learning, I think it's very useful for us, if you have a recovery version Bible, to go to the start of the book of 2 Corinthians. 
so that we would learn to be constituted with the word. Um, so if you go to the outline, um, just to show us where we are so far in the book of, of 2 Corinthians, we first had a time to talk about the introduction. And then last week, we covered the ministry of the new covenant. Remember the book of 2 Corinthians, it's the new covenant ministry with its ministers. So last week we covered the, the six aspects, or you could say three aspects, but they are they're grouped into twos of the ministry. We saw what the ministry is. So the, this week we are beginning a new section and this section is concerned not with the ministry, but the ministers. So, so as we are going to cover this, we're beginning a new section. I want, I'd like all of us to be aware of where we are in the book of 2 Corinthians. From today, tonight, we're going to begin our fellowship regarding the ministers. Actually, Paul spends more time on the ministers than he does with the ministry. The reason is, Actually, God cares for the person rather than the work. So Paul spends much time to show us what kind of people they were in their ministry. So who are they as ministers? So this, this, this is to kind of prepare us uh, on what we're going to get into. So we continue with uh, in chapter 3. What we saw concerning the ministry is that it's a triumphal procession. Not only is it a triumphal procession of, uh, of the victorious Christ, but also this ministry has an effect. Wherever the, 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 the apostles went, the ministry had a fragrance. And this fragrance would affect people. Uh, no matter who you are, the ministry affected the, you, you one way or another. If you were receiving the ministry, it was life unto life. But if you had no receiving, you were not open to the ministry. This ministry has a fragrance of death unto death. Not only did this ministry, was it, not only was it a triumphal procession with such an effect, but Paul showed us the function. What is the job of this ministry? What, are, what do they do? Paul said in this ministry, the function or um, uh, the, the job of this ministry was to write letters. You know, anytime you, you spend time with the Apostle Paul, you couldn't help but touch the triune God. No matter what you did, Paul in his being is a person who enjoys the triune God. So in his ministry, he tells us what they were doing, they were writing letters. These letters were written with the Spirit. Ah, oh, Paul used the Spirit to write letters. I would ask you, whose Spirit was it? Well, Paul tells us it was the Spirit of God. So not only is there the Spirit, but God is here. Wow. So the apostles are writing letters using the Spirit, and this Spirit is of God. But do you know what kind of letter? Results, when Paul uses the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the letter is the letter of Christ. 
So when, when you spend time with the Apostle Paul, you realize he's a person all together enjoying the triune God. Actually, that's what they did in their ministry. As they were writing letters, they were infusing others with the triune God. Not only were they just wrote letters, that's what their burden was. They wrote letters. And furthermore, he shows us the ministry in its uh, reproduction. He sh shows us that the ministry has glory and it is also superior. So the ministry is a ministry of glory and also it is superior to the old covenant ministry of Moses. Moses's ministry only had letters. The new covenant ministry ministers life. Actually, he says the spirit gives life. You know, I used to think uh, Moses's ministry wasn't so bad, but according to the apostle Paul, he calls the ministry of Moses the ministry of condemnation. I never had that realization. I thought Moses wasn't a bad, you'd say, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with the law, but actually the law made demands, but never supplied the life because man is fallen and is unable to come to God's standard. Such a ministry ends up being a ministry of condemnation. He even calls it a ministry of death. So, so the contrast is that that ministry of Moses was, had glory, but that glory was being done away with. However, the New Testament ministry actually remains in glory. That is, the, the glory of the New Testament ministry is remaining. It's eternal. It's not going to fade away. Moses wasn't so sure whether the glory of his ministry would remain. So he put a veil on his face so that the children of Israel wouldn't see. But Paul, on the other hand, he says, well, we don't have that. We, we don't have a veil. Actually, this is what we're going to get into tonight, uh, the matter of the veil. So maybe to start us off, I'm going to read us verse 12. Here Paul says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use much boldness. Here, Paul had this hope that their ministry was going to remain. They were not like Moses. Moses wasn't so sure. He had no hope that his ministry would remain. So he put a veil. Actually, this veil was because he showed us that Moses did not have the boldness because the ministry he, he, he had was actually being done away with. But Paul says, we have hope. The new covenant ministry is going to remain in glory. So we use much boldness. We're, 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 not, we're not, actually the, the med, this word boldness is related to confidence. They are confident that this ministry is going to remain. So they are very bold. Uh, this, kind of a, this kind of a surety concerning the remaining glory gave them boldness. You know, we all need to have such a boldness. You know, the more, we, the more we write letters, the more we, we realize this glory is going to remain. This gives us much boldness. You know, um, uh, anyway, uh, so Paul says, we are not like Moses who put a veil on his face so that the children of Israel would not gaze at the end of that, of that which was being done away with. 
So here Moses put a veil because he lacked the boldness, the confidence that the ministry, his ministry would remain. Paul says we are not like him. On the contrary, we're using much boldness. You know, on the one hand, we see that Moses put a veil on his face to cover that which was being done away with. But in verse 14, Paul actually shows us something very uh, deep. He says, but their thoughts were hardened. This is the, the thoughts of the children of Israel. They were hardened. For until the present day, the same veil remains at the reading of the old covenant. It not being unveiled to them that the veil is being done away with in Christ. I actually used to think the veil was only on Moses' face. Paul says the veil not only is in Moses' face, the, the veil is actually even with the children of Israel. We will see that it's actually on their heart. Such a veil, such a, such a veil actually was not only just in Moses' face, but actually their hearts, specifically their thoughts, were hardened. Uh, and for until the present day, the same veil remains. You know, even when the Old Testament is being read, um, the Jewish people, the sons of Israel, had no realization that Moses' ministry was not going to remain. Actually, it was being done away with. This veil was being done away with in Christ. So, so this, is, this is Paul is unveiling that he's showing us that the veil is not only on Moses' face, but actually even in the heart of those in the old covenant. Actually, there, there's a veil. And then in, in verse 15, he says, Indeed, unto this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Wow. I thought the veil was on Moses' face, but it actually is even in the heart of the children of Israel. But then in verse 16, Paul makes a, uh, an interesting remark. He says, but whenever their heart turns to the Lord. Um, I don't know what you would like to do, but take note of the word whenever. Whenever. Um, this means the Lord is always ready. The Lord is ready. Whenever their heart turns to the Lord, then the veil is taken away. Oh, Praise the Lord. This is, if we want to see who the ministers of the new covenant are, they are such a people. Their heart is turned to the Lord. And there's no veil. Remember, in this section, we are looking at the ministers, the persons. Who are the ones who can continue, who can be in the New Testament ministry? The ones who can be in the New Testament ministry are the ones whose heart is turned to the Lord. Oh, whenever their heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Actually, this verse shows us that actually the veil is a heart that's turned away from the Lord. Whenever the heart is not 
turned to the Lord, that is the veil. That is the veil. When we turn our heart to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Actually, this is what I appreciate about the New Testament ministry, the New Covenant ministry, is that there's no barrier between us and the Lord. If we want to be ministers of the New Covenant ministry, we need to take care of our heart. Um, where, where is our heart turned to? Oh, Lord, you know, um, not even the things of the Lord, uh, the apostles did not even allow the things of God, of the service, of whatever they did. They didn't even allow that to come in. They didn't turn their heart to gospel preaching or to, to service, but their heart was turned to the Lord. Wow. Uh, this word, the Lord, we will see shortly. It's actually very, very rich. Um, anyway, uh, the veil is taken away whenever our heart is turned to the Lord. And in verse 16, 17, uh, Paul says, and the Lord is the spirit. Uh, honestly, uh, if Paul stopped at verse 16, I would have been happy. There's no need for verse 17. Why, why do you need verse 17? My heart is turned to the Lord. That's good enough. Oh, but in our, in, our, in our estimation, in our concept, we may have, we may think that our heart turns to the Lord who's in the heavens or a Lord who's far away from us, a Lord who's, I don't know, but Paul helps us. Actually, the Lord to whom you ought to turn your heart is the Spirit. Furthermore, when the, when the veil is taken away, whenever we turn our heart, the veil is taken away. Moreover, this Lord is the Spirit. He, he is the Spirit. And the, the phrase, the Spirit, uh, or this, this title, is actually rich. Because in the Bible, the use of the word, the spirit, or the revelation of the spirit is very progressive. In the, in the Old Testament, uh, many times the Bible speaks of the spirit of holiness, or the spirit of God, or the spirit of Jehovah. But as you continue with the revelation of the New Testament, eventually it says the Holy Spirit. That's when the Lord was conceived. He was conceived of the Holy Spirit. But then the Bible doesn't stop there. It continues on to show us eventually in John 7, the Lord says, he who thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Uh, he who drinks of the water out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And then it says, this he said concerning the spirit who was not yet. So actually, when the Bible says the Spirit, it refers to the Spirit who at the time of John 7 was not yet. But here in 2 Corinthians, he was already. That is when the Lord Jesus is process of dying and being raised and being compounded to be the all-inclusive life-giving Spirit. So when, the, when, when, when Paul says the Lord is the Spirit, He's talking about this spirit, the, the, the all-inclusive spirit. 
who has the element of God and the element of man, the human, the living of man and the living of God. So this rich spirit is what Paul is referring to here. When Paul says, and the Lord is the spirit, Paul is saying, now this one is for our enjoyment. Why do we turn our heart? We turn our heart so that we may enjoy such a Lord who is the spirit. This is how we become partakers. We become ministers of this new covenant ministry. Actually, when Paul says the spirit gives life in, 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 chapter, in, in, in verse 6 of chapter 3, he's actually showing us that this spirit is now the life-giving spirit. He is for us to enjoy. The ministry of Moses, what did we have? We had condemnation and death. But in the New Testament ministry, we have the Lord as such a spirit. All that the Lord is, all that he has gained, even his attainment, all of these are now contained and compounded in the Lord as the spirit. I, I hope we would have a, uh, a realization and even appreciation. When Paul here says the Lord is the spirit, he means all that God is, is now available for us to enjoy. Amen. Okay. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whenever we enjoy the spirit, we are released from the law of the letter, Moses' letter. We are freed from whatever takes our heart from the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. When we, when we turn our heart to the Lord, not only do we have such a turning, but we realize the Lord is the spirit. And wherever the Lord as the spirit is, there is freedom. Amen. So, so this is how they are constituted. Uh, so in, in, in verse 18, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul says, but we all, um, we all with unveiled face. Here, the, the we all, on the one hand, it refers to the apostles. Yes, it's we, but actually the apostles are our rep representatives. They represent us. So when Paul says we all, he's not only referring to the apostles, but all the New Testament believers. We all with unveiled face, beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord. In this kind of a beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord, this kind of reflecting, this kind of beholding does something. It, we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's spirit. This is how the apostles were constituted. They turned their heart to the Lord and they realized that this Lord was the spirit, the rich spirit. And with an unveiled face, unlike Moses who veiled his face, the apostle's face was unveiled. What was happening in this unveil, uh, with an unveiled face? On the one hand, they were beholding, and on the other hand, they were reflecting. 
Uh, actually, the, the word here means to mirror. That's what Paul was saying. He's like, they were, they, Paul is saying, we are mirrors. The apostles are mirrors. The new covenant ministers are just mirrors. They are here to behold and reflect. They just behold and reflect. And as they are beholding and reflecting, something is going on in their being. They are transformed in, into the same image, even as from the Lord's spirit. In this kind of a beholding and reflecting, God is dispensing himself. He's taking them from one level of glory to another level of glory, from glory to glory, even as from the Lord's spirit. Ah, oh, the importance of a heart turned to the Lord. This, this is how important our heart is. When our heart is turned to the Lord, there could be this process where we are beholding, reflecting, but there's also we are being transformed into the same image as the Lord. Uh, maybe as a sidebar, uh, if you get a chance, uh, consider how many times the word glory shows up in 2 Corinthians chapters 3 and 4. I didn't pay attention to this for a while, but Paul said their ministry was a ministry of glory. And they are reflecting the glory of the Lord. Uh, they are beholding it and reflecting it. And they are also being transformed from glory to glory. Oh, I never realized the matter of glory in 2 Corinthians. You know, the Lord as the man in the glory is actually transfusing himself into us, transforming us into the same image. The man in the glory is expecting to see his life lived out of us. He expects us to reflect, uh, to, to behold and reflect. Oh, praise the Lord. Okay, uh, time, I better continue. But, but this matter of glory, you know, the, the, when John saw the new Jerusalem in Revelation 21, the first characteristic he highlighted, he says he saw the city coming down from God having the glory of God. These apostles, they were actually one with God for his purpose. You could say uh, they were living in the new Jerusalem. That's, that's what I appreciated with this. Okay. Uh, oh, Lord Jesus. So, so that's what we just covered now, verses 12 to 18 of chapter 3. That was their constitution. Constitution is inward. Now we're going to continue with their conduct. Conduct is outward. So they, they, they were constituted one way as ministers, but they also conducted themselves a certain way. This is what we're going to see now. Uh, maybe I, I hope I don't, I'm going to be quick on this one. But uh, <clears throat> so in verse one of chapter four, Paul says, having this ministry, as we have been shown mercy, we do not lose heart. Amen. Oh, 
we do not lose heart. They have such a ministry, a ministry of glory, a ministry of righteousness, a ministry of the spirit. And in this ministry, they are ministers whose hearts are turned to the Lord and they are being transformed from glory to glory. What a mercy. What a mercy that the brothers are in this. What a mercy that we today could be in this. So Paul says, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Oh, you know, the, the more we are in the ministry, the more we minister Christ, the spirit to others, it's very difficult to lose heart. It's very difficult. The more you minister Christ, the more, the more encouraged we are. Paul says, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. So they gave up. They have put away all the things of shame. They are occupied. They are concerned with the things of glory. No, nothing to do with the things of shame. Not walking in craftiness, nor adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of the truth. Oh, I, I don't know if you want, if you'd like, if you can or underline or this phrase that manifestation of the truth number one in their conduct the apostles did not lose heart that was number one number two they did not walk in craftiness nor adulterate the word of god but they they manifested the truth in their conduct their conduct was to manifest the truth actually here the truth or truth refers to all that is real. Actually, all, all that is real is just the Lord Jesus uh, Christ himself. Actually, the Lord in, in John 14, he said he was the reality, the truth, the life, the, 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 the reality, the, the truth and the way. So the point is their manifestation of the truth was just their living out Christ. How did the apostles live? They just lived out Christ. All their conduct was, a, was so that they would, it was a manifestation of Christ. And they commended themselves to every conscience of men before God. They just lived out Christ. Um, uh, we will see actually the reason why they lived this way was for the sake of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Uh, this was the goal. This is why they conducted themselves this way. The goal was in order for them to shine out the gospel. Um, you know, some aspects of the gospel are not expressible by words, are not expressed by words. There's need of a shining. There's need of a living. So the apostles they live this way. They conducted themselves for the gospel of the glory of Christ. So anyway, um, verse 3, Paul says, And if, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled in those who are perishing. So here, um, Paul is, is, is mentioning that they are conducting themselves in a way that manifests Christ. They, they manifest the truth. But if 
our gospel is veiled, it's, it's veiled in those who are perishing. You know, uh, sometimes uh, uh, maybe you may have taken a picture of a, of a scenery. And then when you look at the picture, you realize, oh, nothing got into the lens. Sometimes we have, a, we put our hand on the camera. There's nothing wrong with the scenery, but there was something wrong with the receiver on the camera side. Actually here, Paul is saying, we have lived out Christ. We have manifested Christ. If anyone is veiled, it's because there's something wrong with them. They are perishing. Actually, verse four, he says, these ones who are perishing are the ones in whom the God of this age has blinded their thoughts. If, if you do not receive Christ, if you do not see Christ based on the conduct of the apostles, actually the problem is with you, specifically your thoughts. Your thoughts have been blinded. We have manifested Christ, but you didn't see him. So the God of this age has blinded the thoughts of the unbelievers so that the illumination of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, might not shine on them. Actually, it's very interesting here. Paul says, the illumination of the gospel. I would have told Paul, Brother Paul, I think you made a mistake. Shouldn't it be, say, the preaching of the gospel? Paul not only preached the gospel, no doubt he spoke, he preached the gospel. But in Paul's view, actually, they were shining out the gospel. They not only spoke it, but there was a, a, a living, a, a living which shined out the gospel of the glory of Christ. To the apostles, the gospel wasn't doctrine. It wasn't uh, a philosophy. But rather, the gospel had an illumination with it. It brought light. There was, a, there was a shining. Actually, if you were to ask the apostles, they, they might have said they are not apostles, they are not gospel preachers, but they are luminaries. In, in, in Philippians 2, actually, Paul tells the saints in Philippi that they need to work their own, work out their own salvation. Um, uh, and, and as they are working out their own salvation, they need to be luminaries among a crooked and perverted generation. So actually this thought of being a luminary uh, is actually quite, quite deep in the apostle's heart that brothers, we are not just bringing in words. That's not what the gospel is to us, but we are luminaries. We have no light of our own. We simply behold the light and we reflect it. Just like the moon, it has no light of its own. It simply reflects that which it receives from the sun. So even the apostles, they had this kind of a realization concerning themselves that they are not just speaking words, but they are shining out the glory of the gospel of Christ. Okay, uh, because of time, I think I better continue. Uh, verse five, Paul says, for we do not preach ourselves. In other words, if you do not receive the gospel, he's, he's almost confused. We do not preach ourselves. 
but we preach Christ Jesus as Lord. Paul here is saying what we are preaching is the process triune God. According to God's economy, in the full uh, accomplishment of God's economy, Christ Jesus has been made Lord. This one who became a man and he died on the cross was resurrected and actually was even raised to the highest point has now been made Lord. This is what Paul is, this little phrase, Christ Jesus as Lord is, is actually rich because it refers to Christ in God's economy. We might say, uh, of course, Christ was Lord before he was incarnated and that's true. But Paul here is talking about the process that the Lord went through. At the end of that process, the Lord, uh, Christ Jesus became Lord. This is what the apostles were preaching. They were preaching the process triune God who now can be enjoyed by us. So uh, the apostles were not preaching themselves. They were preaching such a Christ as Lord. And ourselves, that is the apostles themselves, they were slaves for Jesus' sake, uh, the, they were slaves of the believers for the sake of the Lord. Um, why did they preach Christ as Lord? Why did they become slaves to the believers? That's verse 6. They became, they preached Christ and they became slaves because the God who said out of darkness, light shall shine, is the one who shined in their hearts. Their preaching of the uh, uh, their preaching of Christ as Lord wasn't because um, of a schedule or of a, a gospel mission, but it actually the God who said, "Out of darkness light shall shine." This God shined in their heart. Such a shining caused them to 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 preach Christ. Caused them to be slaves. What they did for the Lord and what they were to the believers came out of such a shining. Oh, praise the Lord for such a conduct. They conducted themselves according to such a shining. All their service, all, all that they did as ministers, it came out of such a shining. The more the Lord shined in their heart, the more the, that's, that's where their conduct came from. Oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, so, when, when the Lord shined in their heart, this shining illuminated the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, I think because of time, um, we, I better stop here. But the, the key here is to remember that we are covering the ministers and in their constitution, they are people whose heart have been turned to the Lord and they are now enjoying him as the spirit. That's who they are in their constitution. Now, how do they conduct themselves? Well, the way they conduct themselves is by manifesting Christ, who is the truth. And their ministry, their serving comes out of this shining one in their being. Praise the Lord for the ministers of a new covenant. Amen. Uh, Brother John, if you continue. Amen. That is sweet. Praise the Lord. 
I'll treasure the second book of Corinthians. Even uh, Hector already mentioned, but I still feel the more I speak, the more I got a lot of refreshing, especially what we're touching these two matters, the ministry and the minister. And saints, I hope we all know what is the ministry. And Paul give us these three definitions of the ministry. Number one, this ministry has its fragrance, has its odor. Okay. This ministry, okay. hey, you know what? <clears throat> this ministry is actually the word, the word of God. And in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word is God. This ministry is carrying out by God through the word. And that word, we call that the ministry. Many of us come to the church life, our understanding is the ministry's living stream ministry. Or maybe someone say, oh, this is witness lay ministry. Some may say, oh, watch many ministry. And even say, we are too narrow. This is because they don't know the ministry. The ministry is God's word. And in every age, God keep on speaking through his word. At the end, at the age of revelation, the spirit speak to the churches. That speaking is the ministry. Wow, <clears throat> did you see this ministry? This ministry is the word of God. Sometimes we just say, oh, ministry, he's not in the ministry because he's not using living stream material. Living stream will tell you, that is not what we do. We even don't have ministry. Okay, This ministry is the ministry, and we're just helping you, guiding you to enjoy the ministry. Witnessly, watch many, they all just direct us to the ministry. Saints, may the Lord open, show us this is the ministry. And in this age, we enjoy the ministry of the age. Some may even say, oh, I deny witness this is the ministry of the age. But the will tell you, I'm directing you to the ministry. Saints, this is the ministry that Paul Show us. He didn't say, I'm the ministry. Paul said, we are bearing this ministry. We are testifying this ministry to you. Well, this ministry has three characteristics. Number one, this ministry has its fragrance, has its labor, has its odor. And this ministry are those who had been captured, subdued by the Lord. Paul says, okay, we all are in the triumphant train of the triumph of Christ. Christ is the victorious one, and we are the defeated one. Because we've been defeated, 
We have that experience that we have been captured, we have been subdued, and we bear a kind of fragrance. That fragrance show you that we've been captured by the victory of Christ. And in this ministry is this very Christ who carry out his ministry. And this ministry have an odor. That odor is, remember this word. If you come to my Bible, these are the most frequent word I use. G-N-T-E, God's New Testament economy. Okay. This odor is the odor, the fragrance of the ministry, the ministry of God's New Testament economy. Not just the Lord Jesus died for me. Yes, the Lord Jesus died for us is a part of God's New Testament economy. All this thing is the ministry. And I hope we put on this kind of eyeglasses. The whole Bible, including the Old Testament, all are referring to the ministry. And the ministry in God's New Testament, including Old Testament, are directing us to God's New Testament economy. Well, this ministry had that flavor, had that fragrance. Saints, I'm still learning this one. Sometimes we are disrupted. Sometimes we lost. I hope you enjoy the morning revival for this week. The word of God has been revealed to us because of our foolishness and from tradition and many truth has been lost. Today, the Lord is raising a group of people who discover, rediscover, not invent, but discover the revelation has been revealed to us. I give you an example. I hope I did not offend you. I'm just doing my own testimony. testimony. I love that hymn. <clears throat> hymn number 600. My God, my portion, and my own. You know that hymn? <clears throat> I love that hymn. <clears throat> one day, <clears throat> I heard one of the brothers sharing about God's New Testament economy. And he said, this hymn, <clears throat> this hymn is a hymn of Judaism. I said, wow, okay. I said, Lord, I love this hymn. He said, this hymn is just a kind of sentiment, a kind of aspiration. There is no truth here, no truth of God's New Testament economy. No blood, no cross, no spirit, no resurrection, no anointing, no church, no body of Christ, no kingdom. Forget about the New Jerusalem. Nothing left. I said, wow, but that's a hymn I love. I even called that hymn in the meeting. Did you see? Later on, we learn. Of course, saints, if the some saints call this hymn in the meeting, let's go along with them. 
They say, brother, sisters, this is not a good hymn. Just go along with them. But we learned this ministry. This ministry has its fragrance, the fragrance of God's New Testament economy. This is the ministry. Did you get it? The ministry. Even in our hymnal, some of the hymns at that time it was it was composed. It's because of the saints they loved that hymn. So our brother has put those hymns in, but he said, if I get the freedom, I will not put this hymn in. Some of the hymns, I can call some of the hymns that is not in GNTE. They just kind of, well, it's good. <clears throat> but look at the hymn we sang tonight. There's a man in the glory. Is that, wow, that's a, God's New Testament economy. You know, many, some of you maybe, you know, a lot of people, they bought the recovery version from us and they come in and, and then later on they get distracted. Go back to the Messianic. They feel oh, the Bible is good, but Old Testament is also good. So they go back. They forget about this ministry is God's New Testament economy. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord shows this ministry. And number two, this ministry is a ministry keep inscribing into us. This ministry constitutes the word of God, constitutes Christ, constitutes spirit into us. Did you realize after you got to the church life, something keep infusing into us? It's not someone who performed, but New Testament ministry is not a ministry of performing, but it is a ministry of inscribing. Something get into us. <clears throat> Did you see week after week, then okay, you see something come into us. We learn something about, about what Christ is, what Christ has done, what Christ has obtained, what Christ has achieved. All this is keep inscribing into us. At the end, that inscribing make us the, bearing this kind of fragrance. The more it's inscribed, the more Christ has been right into us. It is not just a perform of the gift. This one can sing, that one can dance, that one can do all kind of gifted skill. But this ministry is keep infusing the word of God into us. And number three, the characteristic of this ministry is glory. It is so glory. And that glory is the shining out of the word. Many of us can testify the time when you come to this ministry. You just feel, wow, it's a big meal. It's a big meal. Some of us, even we enjoy the most basic, just in the book of Matthew, birthright. Wow, we never see this thing. Did you ever experience when you read something from this ministry within you, just wow, oh, this glory shining. And more and more, even such an extension, can we repeat it? I remember some saints after we finished the morning revival, say, 
brother, this is so good. Can we do it again? Then we say, still something coming. <laughs> no chance. You better get what's coming now. Saints, this ministry is shining. And many times we just feel either in our meeting, in our home meeting, in the Lord's Day meeting, we just have a big meal. This is the shining of this ministry. You get this point? Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. the three characteristics of this ministry. It bears the fragrance, it's inscribed, and its glory is shining. It is so superior. The superiority of the shining of this ministry. And then tonight we would like to come. The one who carry out the ministry are the ministers. The ministry is one, unique, but there are many ministers. And may the Lord gain many ministers in the church. We not just love the Lord, but the Lord will constitute us to be a minister. A minister is the one who ministering, supplying Christ. God regard who we are more than what we are doing. So this part of the Bible, as Hector mentioned, is a long description to show us how the Lord constitutes us into a minister. Well, tonight we will cover three points, only the first three points. Number one, a minister are the one being constituted by and with the Lord. That's number one. It is not constituted with your degree, with your knowledge, with your rank, but it was constituted by the Lord, by the Spirit. That is what Brother Hector mentioned to us. This one being constituted by the Lord. And number two, the minister are the one who conduct himself by shining. Number one is inwardly constitution. Number two, outwardly shining. That's the conduct. These are the ministers. And number three, who are the ministers? The ministers are the ones who manifest the resurrection life. These are the three things we'd like to see where the minister come from. They did not come just to go to theology school and get a degree, then he become a minister. Paul said, no, 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 no. This minister didn't come from that degree. It was constituted by the Lord, by the Spirit. As Hector mentioned to us, that this minister is constituted by the Spirit to be gifted one, in a short time, you can be gifted. But to become a minister, it takes long. It involves maturity. Well, Brother Hector talked, as Brother Hector showed us, these four steps of being constituted to be a minister, constituted by the Spirit, Number one are the one whose heart turned to the Lord and the veil being taken away. 
is a good. Whenever your heart turn, then the veil's gone. <laughs> you don't need to take away that veil. You just turn to the Lord, that veil has been taken away. When Hector talking about that veil that put in Moses' face, it becomes in the Israel face. And not in their face only, also in the heart. It just, everything just blocked. If you talk to some Jewish, some Jewish believer, I think they're not just veil. That's a big carpet. The light can't go through. Sometimes I talk to some Christian believers. They keep the law so much. You just try to talk the feel. You just put your light shine on the carpet. Nothing goes through. Anyway, number one, turn the heart to the Lord, the veil taken away. We get constitution. Number two, we free from the bondage of the law by enjoying the spirit. We enjoy the spirit, we free from all the condemnation that we may enjoy Christ. The point is not just free from condemnation. We free from condemnation is for us to enjoy the spirit. <clears throat> the Lord is the spirit. He is the spirit. Where the Lord is, you know more. Under the law, under the bondage of law, you are free. <laughs> the Lord did not come to condemn you, but he come to be your enjoyment. And number three, being constituted by the spirit is by beholding and reflecting. Like a mirror from glory to glory. That all what God is being shined into us. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> this triune God, all his, the nature of life, the manifestation of life, and the power of life has been infused into us. All life, real life, bear these three characteristics. It has its nature. The nature of God is holy. Love, light, righteousness. All this nature of life has been infused into us. The second, all life has its shape, manifestation. Its shape, its color, these are all something visible, the appearance of life. Like when this seed of life grow until become a flower, and then all the shape, all the color is manifested. And number three, all life is the power. Especially, you see how they grow. It has the power to grow. Sometimes even kick, break the cement. It has power. Power to grow, power to multiply. And this is, we are beholding the glory. The glory is the manifestation of this life in nature, in shape, and its power has been infused into us. And we also been infused 
by being transformed, it's image from glory to glory. That is the first condition being constituted with the spirit to make us become the minister. Secondly, how they conduct himself by shining. That shining, Paul, look at verse, chapter four, verse one. Paul says, therefore, we're having this ministry. Show mercy and we do not lose heart. We are not losing heart. We are not become hopeless. But we have three not. Number one, we do not want the hidden things of shame. We renounce, we forsake hidden things of shame. Number two, we do not walk in craftiness. Number three, we don't bargain the word of God, adultering the word of God. Saints, this cause us to be a minister of Christ. Inwardly, we've been constituted with the spirit. Then when we live out, we know this ministry is shining. This ministry is shining from glory to glory. We do not lose heart. Not like someone company is coming down, coming down, and then liquidating. But Paul said, no, no, this ministry keeps shining. We do not lose heart. We do not want these three things. We do not hidden things of shame. You know, hidden things, that means alloy, mixture. You know, some people, they selling material, they dilute it. Put another material, make it mixture. Paul said, we renounce the hidden things of shame. We do not want to dilute the word of God. And we, oh Lord, we not walk in craftiness with all gimmicks to deceive people, this craftiness. We have this ministry. This ministry is the word of God. We're not going to dilute it. We're not going to play with some craftiness. And we are not adultering for my own base benefit. <clears throat> no, we are not adultering, selling the word of God. But we want to manifest the truth, commending ourselves to every conscience of man before God. I heard even in some countries, some of the preacher, some of the pastor, they say today, if you want to preach the word of God, you should not hold Bible. What is that? Don't even don't preach the Bible. You must talk what people like to hear. You know, and tell people how to trust the Lord. Don't open the word of God. Don't preach the word of God. Some of them, even they want to speak below morality. They feel this is the way we have to speak. You will get many audience. This is adultering the word of God. Yeah. This ministry is God himself. It's a ministry of shining. Paul said how we conduct ourselves with shining the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. okay. They say, if I speak 
and you did not understand. I like what Victor said, something wrong with you. <laughs> or those perishing. Because there's a veil in you. How could you not see this light of the word? Something is wrong with you. You know what's wrong with you? Because the God of this age blind the thought of your heart. It, the veil, the, the God of this age, that means Satan. Satan put something to blind the thought that your mind has been blocked. The illumination of the gospel of the glory of Christ cannot shine in you. You know, you better see that this gospel. And I like Paul in, his, in verse 6, chapter 4, verse 6. The God who said, out of darkness, light shall shine. This very God, not the light, but the God. The God who commands the light to shine. The same light. The light of God or the God of light that shine in the old creation, the same God shine in the new creation. Is that wonderful? How the old creation come to exist? It's because the light shine. So everything, ah, it exists in the old creation. <clears throat> Likewise, in the new creation, God shines in the face of Jesus. So we saw Jesus. South Africa, we have this Lord shedding. When the light is out, nothing exists. Then the light comes. Oh, this thing exists. Of course, when the darkness is there, does not mean it does not exist. You just cannot see it. And likewise, the old creation was shined because of God. It's light shine. First day, the light comes in, then everything exists in the old creation. Likewise, this very God who shines in Jesus, in the face of Jesus, bring us into the new creation. This very God who shine in our heart, illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. What makes you to bring in the new creation? Because of the light shining. Praise the Lord, Lord, you must keep shining. The more you shine, the more we enjoy the new creation. And where is the new creation? It's the appreciation, the admiration on the face of Christ Jesus. Shine to us who Christ is, who Jesus is. That light shine in our heart. And that when the light shines, we can see the face of Jesus. That's number two. Number one is being constituted inwardly. Number two, they conduct themselves by shining. With not losing the heart and not wanting the hidden things. Saints, we must learn how to preach. Learn to preach the word of God without hidden things of shame. Without any walking craftiness, not adultering the word of God. And in verse 6, he's saying, this God who commands the light, he shines. 
shine on the face of Jesus. And verse 7, he's saying, but we have this treasure in the earthen vessel. What is the treasure? The treasure is when the light shines, the face of Jesus becomes treasure to us. When the light did not shine, the Jesus, which is in you, is still objective. But when the light shines, that the face of Jesus becomes treasure. The presence, the spirit, the person, the life of Jesus become the treasure. And outwardly, we have the earthen vessel. It's just a pottery. It's just a pot. <laughs> but inwardly is the treasure. And that treasure is the excellent is the excellency of the power. Is a this treasure drive us to manifest the resurrection life? It is of God, not of us. God shine on this Jesus Christ that we may live out the resurrection life. To live out the resurrection life, we need to pass through a crucified life. Crucified life is a way to express the resurrection life. The Lord used crucified life for us to experience, to manifest the resurrection life. One brother saying, who want to enjoy resurrection life? Oh, all the hands come up. Oh, we want to enjoy resurrection life. Then he asked another question. Who want to live a crucified life? No hand come up. Then the brother said, how can you have resurrection without crucified? The crucified life, you should have the same hand. How many hands want to live a resurrection life should be the same hand like to live a crucified life? And here from verse 8, Paul says, how we live the crucified life for the manifestation of the resurrection life. This makes us become a minister. Saints, this minister come from resurrection life and manifest the crucified uh, live a crucified life to manifest the resurrection life. I go quickly. <clears throat> Verse 8, <clears throat> is, he mentioned about the six stages that we live the crucified life. Number one is praise, but not constricted. <clears throat> we praise from all sides, but not really constricted. And then secondly, Unable to find a way out, but not entirely hopeless. Okay. No. Number three, persecuted, but not forsaken. Okay. Did you see? This is like the lost recovery. We've been persecuted, but we're still here. Okay. No. This is the resurrected life. I heard many saints in China, they've been persecuted, persecuted. One day, one of the one of the one of our brothers speak to the government. He say, you know what? You've been persecuted, 
persecuting the believer for many years. Did you realize the believer in China keep increasing? He speak to one of the governor. He say, you know why the Christian in China keep increasing? It's because of you. You persecute the believers, the more you persecute, the more they're increasing. <laughs> the blame is on you. Is that right? Saints, this Christian believer, through crucified life, we manifest resurrection life. The Lord's recovery received a lot of persecution. Until today, we keep going on. Even get up to 100 years already. From the time of Watchmeni, we start a lot of, we experience a lot of persecution. Until today, we keep going on and keep increasing. And number four, cast down, <clears throat> but not fully destroyed. That means okay, knocked down, but not knocked out. <laughs> Be knocked down, get up again. Knocked down, get up again. Okay, that is living a resurrection life. And Number five, putting the dead of Jesus in our body, that the life of Jesus manifested in us. Mm -hmm. All this bearing about the body and putting the dead of Jesus, our body is for us to experience the death of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may manifest in our body. And number six, for we are alive for we who are alive are always being delivered unto death for Jesus sake we've been delivered to them that the life of Jesus may also manifest it in our mortal body and verse 12 so death operate in us but life in you these are the ministers that operate in the apostles and life in the believers. When we have that one of the training um, that the priest should stand in the middle of the Jordan. Jordan signified death and lifting up the ark. While they're standing in the ground of the Jordan, and God's people had to pass through. Death operated in them and life in others. You see, today, many people receive the life because a group of people, they're standing on the ground of death, that life operated in, death operates in them, they experience death, so others can experience life. Like the Lord Jesus. He must went to the cross that we may have life. These are the ministers. <clears throat> okay. This is how they live a crucified life and manifest the resurrection life. Outwardly, it is A mortal body, it is a body that bears the death of Jesus, but 
this life operates in others. Verse 13, and having the same spirit of faith according to that which is written. And verse 14, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus. Well, the one who caused this resurrection will also cause the apostle resurrection and will make us, we the apostles, stand before with him together with the believers. <clears throat> yeah. Not only we, but including the believers. <clears throat> Did you see him? This is resurrection life. I love this verse. Paul, he said, this is the minister of Christ. Christ not only caused us resurrect, including you all believers will be resurrected. The resurrection life is one grain fall into the ground and many rise up. One dead, but multi many multiply. This is resurrection life. It is not one dead, one up. No, no, no. It's many. This is what Paul said. The Lord, the one who raised Jesus, will also raise us up. And together with you, you're all going to be with me. This is how death operates in me and life operates in you. 15. For all things are for your sake. Everything for your sake. That the grace which has abounded through the greater number. This is what we are doing. Through our experience of crucified life, grace become more abounding through you. And through the greater number may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. At the end, God's glory is expressed. This is the minister, not just adultering the word of God, but for the glory of God, because death operates in them, life in others, and then greater number cause the thanksgiving abound. More people enjoy grace, and the glory of God be abound. If we did not experience this death, this crushing, Grace cannot come out. <clears throat> 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We did not disappoint it. But through our outer man is decaying. Yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. <clears throat> Encircle the word being. It is God. The grain never initiate to be crushed. The grain did not initiate this. But the Lord has put us to being grind. That grinding is so that the outer man did decay. That outer man is including our body and our soul. That outer man decay. So that the inner man get renew and renew. No, it's not because you make mistakes, but because you need to be crushed. 
you know, pass through this affliction. But then you say, then I want to make mistake. If you make mistake, you will get punished. <laughs> you get discipline. But if you don't get mistake, you get crushed. Anyway, verse 17, tell us why. He saying, because our momentarily, temporary lightness of affliction, this affliction, this affliction work out. This affliction is useful. This okay, box the word work out. Affliction is to work out for us more and more surpassingly for eternal weight of glory. The affliction is moment. The glory is eternal. The affliction is light. The glory is weighty. Okay. Yeah. So the bridge is the affliction. The mean, the vehicle, is the affliction. The affliction work out more surpassingly eternal weight of glory. This is how the Lord prepared the minister. Today, the Lord needs a group of ministers in the church. Not just love the Lord, but become a minister of the Lord. On one hand, we love the Lord. But on the other hand, the Lord is preparing us to become the minister of the Lord. The minister of this ministry. He's saying all these things, verse 18, the last verse, because we do not regard the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things what you saw, they are all temporary, including affliction, opposition, all these difficulties, they are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. This is how the minister, they live a crucified life in order to manifest the resurrection life. Amen. Since this is so good to see how the Lord is preparing the ministers for this ministry.